0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, this is Reba, and welcome to Rooted Deep. Allison and I are sitting here today, and we are Coming to the end of the book of James, if you have been studying along with us and uh, thank you for the comments, uh, Allie, we have gotten uh, some emails, messages from people who actually are listening to the podcast and have said, Oh, 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 this one is really getting me good. Uh, and is really stepping into places in my life that maybe I wasn't expecting it to. And thanks for, thanks for, Thanks, but no thanks, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks for the hard words. So those have been some good emails that we've gotten from people. It's
1: like that friend who you know is gonna tell you the truth, whether you wanna hear it or not, but you need to hear it. And so you're so thankful they did. But at the same time, you're just like, oh. or you know, it's good advice from your, you know, good advice from your mom. Um but this has been it has been I, I knew it would be when we talked about doing the James, the James study, I was I was like, "Ugh!" I, I know it's something that we need. And I know it's something personally that I've needed. Um, and so I'm glad that other people are responding in that same way, that whole I hate it, but I love it. And I know I need it. And so we're, you know, heading into into chapter five now. So you're like, "Ooh, home stretch. And uh, and it's not like James has gotten any softer as we go through the different chapters. I mean, sometimes some of his uh, his words and uh, word pictures are pretty strong, and it's it's no different today in James 5. So I've really enjoyed the study so far. We'll see how I do today, you know, whether yeah. I like it again Again, <laughs>
0: <laughs> So true. Well, you know, I think it's good to remind ourselves. We talked about this at the beginning, but I think it's good to bring this back around. James is writing during a difficult time, for the believers uh, in Jerusalem and in the as the church is falling under persecution and the the people are being scattered and they're actually being mistreated and they're being treated unfairly just because they're followers of Christ uh, they're losing jobs they're losing land they're losing um, you know they're losing all kinds of relationships. And so James is speaking into a time when it's very difficult for the people that were actually reading these words for the very first time. I think that there is almost a, uh, you know, a suck it up and come on, we can do this kind of mentality, but it's going to require us to uh, to be tough. It's going to require us to be serious. It's going to require us to be... Uh, to step it our game up, uh, this is not a time when you can put it in neutral and coast. This is a time when you've really got to uh, activate the things that have been poured into your life and that Holy Spirit's trying to teach you. And you've got to be serious about it, because if not, you're going to be a statistic on the sideline um, as you watch God's work pass you by. And, uh, you know, I think that that's still relevant for us today.
1: It really is, and I think more, more than ever. Ever it is because we are as because there's Christians all over the world. There's Christ followers all over the world, but society is attacking and morality and absolute truth is being attacked on so many levels mm-hmm. that it's almost like remember who you are, remember what the important things in um, in this Christian life are, and remember mm-hmm. that you need to move together in a community. We've talked about community a lot, but I think. Um, Sometimes it would, we feel like it would just be so easy if nobody was watching or if we didn't have a job, you know, if we weren't connected to somebody. But that's where, I mean, that's where I feel like Satan wants us. And that's mm-hmm. where uh, it's easy to pick off the ones who are not rooted uh, in something. But, and I think today's society and today's attack on, on the absolute truth, um, yeah. James is like, even, I mean, even here we are thousands of years, 2000 of years later, he's saying, no, this is... Um, you're going to, you're going to be battling this. You're going to be battling your own, um, mm. you're you're going to be battling your own flash. You're going to be battling your own desires, your own materialism, your own, you know, simpleness. Mm. And here's what it's going to look like if, if you do it well, and here's what it's going to look like if, if you fall by the, like you said, if you fall by the wayside. And so I think, I think it's so relevant. This study of James is so relevant for what we're going through right now. Um, just
0: in our, in our society. Absolutely. And, and of course today as we get into chapter five James is going to get into our business as we continue I bet we've said that in every single podcast James has a way of stepping into our business in a real kind of uh, aggressive kind of way he doesn't mince words he does you know he doesn't uh, you know he doesn't give us a cup of coffee first and you know talk small talk before he dives in he just says okay look let's talk so he says you know in, in chapter five verse one he says come now you rich. Okay, so immediately we understand he's addressing a certain group of people. He's addressing a group of people who actually have money. Um, and in case I think it's all important for us just to make this clarification, because I'm sure there's people sitting there right now saying, oh, great, this passage is not for me because I'm <laughs> actually, I, you know, I have a lot of debt, I owe a lot of bills, and we're definitely not rich in my household. Because I think the American mindset is when we think of rich, we think of Bill Gates, we think of, you know, uh, Bezos, we, you know, we, we think of the richest people in the world. We think of billionaires and we think of yachts and mansions, and we Mm -hmm. think of things like this. And so in our minds, oh, I'm not rich because that's rich. But what we need to understand (laughs) is that, that definitely in James days, the the wealthy would, uh, would, boy, that you are probably wealthier than the wealthy in James Day. Uh, Not to say everybody is, but there'd be a lot of us that are much wealthier. Um, So rich is perspective, I think. Um, To say I'm not rich compared to Donald Trump or compared to Bezos or compared to somebody like that, okay, maybe you're not rich compared to them. But are you rich compared to the average person around the world? And the truth is most Americans are very wealthy compared to what it looks like to live in other places of the world. So before you sidestep this passage and say, "Well, that's not me," I think let's take a hard look at the passage and ask ourselves, "Wait a minute, um, maybe this is me. Maybe this is me more than I thought it was." So he says, "Come now, you rich, weep! Unbelievable these word choices he uses. Weep, howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Um, Your riches have rotted. Your garments are moth-eaten." your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Oh my word. <laughs> I mean, what, this is like some really strong yeah. words, Allie.
1: Yeah. It's, um, and like you said, of this materialism or weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. It's like, wait a minute. And, and I, and I feel like, you know, going, going back to the person to the man, the rich man who who built all his barns, and he was like, "I'm I'm set for life. I'm gonna mm-hmm. continue. I'm gonna pull down these barns, do some new, new ones." And and um and this is and and it's almost like that same that spirit, you know, the spirit mm-hmm. who said, "You know, you fool, um, it's your you. This is gonna be required of you. You're gonna you're gonna fall short." And it's the same thing. Weep and howl. It's almost like mm-hmm. if only you knew what was coming. Then the stuff that you have gathered around you is not going to save you from no. um, from that perspective. And other, it's it's trying to. I mean, it is he, James is trying to get him to change that. You know, change that perspective a little bit.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you know, ironically, he's writing to believers. So we have to we have to we have to say, okay, James is not talking to you mm-hmm. know the the lost people in the world who are just hoarding riches and um you know and are going to wake up one day in hell with nothing. Yeah. James is talking to these wealthy, um, these wealthy believers. And he says, no, wait a minute. He says, you, your, your focus is, you know, you've got all these fancy clothes and you've got gold and silver and here's the deal. That's been your focus. Okay. So your focus has been Mm -hmm. accumulating stuff and the stuff is not going to last. The stuff in the very end, in fact, James says uh, in the end of verse three, you've laid up treasure in the last days. So, you know, the concept, I think James is wanting these people Mm -hmm. to understand Mm is, so if there was only a week left of our lives, and we knew that somehow we got an announcement that you got a week left and Jesus is coming back in one week. I don't Mm -hmm. think that you and I would be running around um, buying up cars and clothes and trying to get promotions what would be on our yeah. minds and on our yeah. hearts would be very different things right
1: yeah and I, and you think about we we all we've all you've talked to us about this before numbering our days and how how and and it's it's biblical to number the days and how many and i kind of did it last week but it's one of those it's one of those situations <laughs> where you number your days if you only knew what well, that's what james is trying to say you wouldn't mm-hmm. be living for you know for this for this crazy uh running around gathering like you said gathering all of the material possession and i feel like the the verse 3 it's interesting because your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like flat fire it's actually in the end it's not just they're going to go away it's those last days those those possessions are going to are going to work against you it's it's good. It's going to work against you. And I think that's one, one of the things is like, it's just stuff, but sometimes those stuff, and we've seen this before. Sometimes the stuff really does with that materialism and that attitude and that perspective really does in the end, that's honestly what does work against us or what pulls us further away from where we need to
0: be. Oh, absolutely. And he uses a strong word uh, in the ESV evidence against you. And I like, and I think that's really good because, you know, It's like, oh, but Lord, you know, no, 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 I loved you. Lord, I love you. You're first in my life. Wait a minute. Let's look at the evidence. Mm -hmm. What does your life say you love more? And and I think this is a great question for all of us today. I mean, if we just get really honest and really real, Mm -hmm. you know, we can say, I love Jesus. He's the first place in my life, you know, and, and, and I don't love anything more than I love him. We can use words like that. But I think that we have to turn around and look at the evidence in our life. What do we spend our time doing, striving for, trying to get? And, and we all, under, I hope we understand this. The Bible has never said it's a sin to be rich. In fact, God blesses his people yeah. with, with money and possessions for his glory so that we can use them, so that we can help, so that we can further what God is doing on this earth. So there's nothing wrong with possessing a nice house or a nice car. We understand that. But what is our, what drives us? Is it, man, I, mm-hmm. it's never yeah. enough. It's always more, right? I've always got, it's never, I'm never satisfied. Yeah. And and I think James is saying at the end, mm-hmm. when your life is weighed out, and, you know, and we understand that revelation teaches that at the end, of, at the end, as we stand before the Lord, we're not going to give account for our sin. As a believer, we're not because the sin was paid on Calvary. But Jesus says that what will happen is Mm -hmm. that your life will go through the fire as if by trial. So we understand that Jesus gives us Mm -hmm. this vivid illustration of a fire. And he said, what you did for eternity is going to come through like precious stone and gold and silver. But what you did... For for yeah. temporary things, it's just gonna burn up like wood, hay, and stubble. And I wonder if James is not thinking back to yeah. what Jesus said. And he's not saying, No, wait a minute, look here. Mm-mm. You know, your life is gonna be tried. And when it goes through the fire, what is coming out on the other side? Mm-hmm. It, you know, and, and it's gonna de- be determined yeah. by what you thought was important in life.
1: And so many times, and even so many times with our with our perspective of um, it, you know, it's not a sin to be rich. That's fine. And, 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 the, and the stuff that we're accumulating or whether it's we're accumulating um, stuff or like you said, accolades or the job or, you know, mm. experiences or degrees, you know, whatever it is, um, is it something that's bringing you closer to his purpose in your life, to God's will in your life? Or is it something that's continually distracting you from? And right. and at the end of the day, like you said, all of that's going to be all of that's going to be put to the test. It does make you think if there was a week left, or if the, if I've numbered my days and I have whatever eight thousand, uh, you know, I think I have eleven thousand because I, okay.
0: I like than I, right? I, yeah.
1: I think I'm based on yeah, based <laughs> on. And I went to the gym again, because I'm like, oh, this is going to add another day, just in case, just going you know, together, yeah. um, oh, if only, if only it works that way.
0: <laughs>
1: mm. Um, but when you think about those things and you think about even number, even taking like our last week, Reba, when you and I, we stopped the podcast and something happened at the workshop that I had to go. Yep. And then all of a sudden this morning, um, I was down at the workshop before I came, I came home to do the podcast and me and, and the Omari, the, the lady, the house mom, she and I were looking at me, she's like already a week has passed between this and this. And I was thinking, wow, what did we do with that week? Were we able to, you know, and even mm-hmm. then, um, and I, I, I really did. And especially going into this chapter, it's like, man, what did I, what did I spend this week doing? Um, it just passed really fast. Yeah. And if I, and it passes, it passes so fast, especially if you're, um, if you're not, or if you're not, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, boy, man, where did that go? I was supposed to get this done and this done and this right. done. Right. And if you're focused on, on the, on the, the, the temporal, uh, it's. It's there's not a lot of time. I think that's why that's where James is getting to. Like you said, it's, it's going to work against you in the end. You're mm-hmm. not th- those goals that you've had are not it's going to it's going to work against you because you focused on the wrong thing.
0: Yeah. And, and James is going to step in verses four and all the way again through six. He's he's even going to step into this on a deeper level. And he says, look, there's people who work for you and you don't even pay them what you're supposed to be paying them. You've kept back the wages um, and there, and you've cheated them out of money that they deserve because you are greedy. And, and verse five mm-hmm. is such a. I think verse five is like a. Oh my word! He says you've lived on the earth in luxury and in self indulgence. And I think that right there, that self indulgence, I love uh, that the translators of the ESV chose that word because I think that is such a perfect word to describe the concept that James is trying to get across here is that we are so self-absorbed, so self-focused. It's all about us and us gaining and accumulating and getting stuff towards ourselves. And James says, you've fattened your hearts, but you fatten fattened your hearts in a day of yes. slaughter. And it, it's mm-hmm. just a sad commentary as James is speaking into this for these Jewish believers as to what their focus and intention was But I think it's important for us to make that applicable principle here um, and say, wait a minute, am I living a life of self-indulgence? And it becomes more about me because it's like you said, Allie, time is flying. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's easy just to get to kind of flip it into neutral and three weeks go by and it's like, ooh, you know, Um, so I think it's good for all of us to ask ourselves, wait a minute what's the most important things to me you know what do i spend my time and my energies and my efforts towards and uh, am i obsessed with having things and accumulating stuff are are there people that i'm not treating well because i'm yeah. s- i'm so self absorbed and right. i'm so yeah. self indulgent that i i'm not even uh taking care of the people whose labor uh is it it who, who are working for mm-hmm. me in some ways um, and this, this can yeah. come down to the tips that we leave at restaurants, people. I mean, we can get real, we can get, in, we can get in our business pretty quick here. I just think James is like, you know, wait a minute. This is an important thing for all of us to do. You know, let's just kind of pause for a second before we go into the second half of, of our study today. And I think it's important for us just to pause and ask ourselves, wait a minute. Is there an area in my life right here where right now the Holy Spirit's just kind of zinging me? And I'm, I'm, he's just saying, ooh, you know, and I'm feeling the, ooh, boy, maybe I need to take a serious look at that. So, if, you know, if the Holy Spirit is kind of zinging you right now, let, why don't you just pause? I mean, hit the pause button on this podcast and just stop and go somewhere and just really talk to the Lord about this. Uh, and then come back and listen to the second half of this podcast. But, um, But I think for all of us, this is just a real heart check. And it's also a motive check and it's a selfishness check. And it's all of these good checks that we need because there's a way that we lean into life. If we know Jesus is returning and and, and time is passing and we lean in, lean, we don't, we don't need, we don't need to cue in all this stuff because it's going to go, but what's important, what's really valuable right now. And that's where we lean into and so I think that that's where James kind of leans into now as he goes into verse seven. And he says, mm-hmm. be patient, therefore, brothers. All right. And this horror patient, Allie, are you patient? Because I'm just going to confess right now, this is probably one of the areas in my Christian walk I struggle with the most is the area of patience.
1: Yes. Um, and that's, I, I think we, and James started with patience learning. I mean, at, in the beginning, beginning of the very first chapter he's like oh you need patience and it's going to be this enduring and taking you know taking a moment because we just talked about and it's funny because james is just telling us okay the day's coming the day's coming we just talked about how fast these days go but at the same time um this can this patient and enduring and saying, OK, yes, the Lord is coming. How much longer do we have to endure mm-hmm. in this trial or how much longer do we have to endure in this thing? And that's a lot of times that's what gets us the, the, the difficulty of enduring and walking the Christian life. Sometimes that's why the materialism kind of jumps in to distract us.
0: Oh yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. it's so
1: hard to just live well, live good. I, I let me. I'm just gonna go shopping, or I'm just gonna go focus on that. You know, and yeah. I, and that's that materialism can distract us from that hard, tedious, endurance-based um, Christian walk that that we've been called to. That we don't mm-hmm. want to patiently endure um but that's what that's what james is talking about he's like listen the day's coming it's hard i know it's hard we're talking to all these people who are just really enduring and he's like don't get distracted by you know um by all this material because event you know uh the coming um, be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the lord and then he talks about this farmer waiting for the precious fruit of the earth and um we were at me and uh, me and one of the girls at the workshop the other day were talking about how we like to plant stuff, but then we check it every day and sometimes we dig it up to see if it didn't it really right. take root. And we're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that is not patient, you know, no. you know, to like be a farmer, just sit there for a minute and watch.
0: Yeah, because, you know, the Lord has seasons right in our lives. Um, there's a lot of mm-hmm. passages of Scripture that talk about it. Ecclesiastes talks about it. Solomon mentions it quite a bit in some of his writings and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Um, we see it in other places in Scripture that there is kind of a seasonal uh, process to the Christian walk, and many times mm-hmm. it has this sowing reaping concept that, that it's attached to. You know, you go and you plant the seed, but you all, but you don't see it come forth right away. and there's this time period where nothing seems to be happening. But there is something happening below the surface. There is a work that's happening, and so then he calls this this precious fruit. And I love this because all the other, in contrast, we've got moth-eaten and rotted and garments and all these things being described up here. But what's really important yeah. is this precious fruit uh, of the uh, that we are should be in our lives. We should be mm-hmm. sowing. That should be our number one focus. That should be where we're pouring into, and. So he says, you know, be, again, be patient right. about it until you start to see these early and latter rains, uh, which Isaiah talks about, Jeremiah talks about the early and latter rains. And so this is kind of a lean into some of the things that the Old Testament has kind of mapped out for us and says, just be patient because the rain is going to come. The early rain is going to come and pop it up. The latter rains are going to come and nourish it. And then you're going to see why it was worth your effort. Um, and you know, yeah. we are coming into that right now, uh, you know, uh, as we record this podcast, it, it's strawberry season and it's starting some of the, all of the, mm. some of this is starting to happen. And I know for you, Allie, I think you're in mango season, which is one of my favorite seasons in yes. the Dominican Republic is yes. when the mangoes are ripe. And so it's one of those times where, you know, it's like, oh, yay, it's time for all this to come in. And I love this fruit. And I love to sit mm-hmm. down with a delicious bowl of this fruit and eat it. But there, it, I, but there was a process to get it here. And so yeah. I think that's why he's just sh- three times in verse seven, he says, be patient. At the end of verse seven, he says, be patient. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of verse eight, he says, be patient. Yeah. Three times in two verses, he says, yeah. be patient because there's something happening. Even if you can't see it.
1: And that you know, we're we planted a mango tree in um years ago, about six years ago out on the property. And it, it's just now starting. It's not this is not gonna be its first season. It's kind of like it's beautiful, it's big, but then next year we're gonna have some some mangoes. And it's that's been years. And right. everyone's all been checking it out, you know, and 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 like we cannot wait to eat that first mango off that tree. But other times you're, you're looking at what you've, you think about, you know, if you think about it this way, think about somebody you've been praying for, for a long time, or think mm. about, think about walking with a, walking with a special needs child through something. Think about teaching a class or teaching somebody or the, or the, or discipleship, for example, think about all of those things that take time. And, and, and he's saying, instead of spending all your time, you know, gathering stuff or, you know, making Mm -hmm. yourself better for your own, for your own sake, think about these things that you can, that have eternal value, whether Mm -hmm. it's discipling somebody or whether it's raising a child or whether it's praying for a loved one, um, in, you know, for their salvation. And he's like, you will, there's something happening. You will see results, but we get so distracted and then Mm -hmm. we get distracted and that's when we you know our eyes are pulled away for you know for something a little bit temporal and um and that's why i love it as an example of suffering and patience brothers verse 10 take the prophets who spoke in the name of the lord and you know just remember other people who have walked through it remember and and you can yes. see the fruit you can see the mangoes at the end or you can see you know um that this eternal the eternal value of what you're truly working towards and, no, um, absolutely. And it's it's long, it's arduous, and sometimes we don't see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that's exactly what Hebrews says, right? He says Hebrews eleven says that there were heroes of the faith who who poured in and never saw the promises of God come come to fruition. And James here is talking about the returning of the Lord. He says until the coming of the Lord. And so he's like, how how long? I remembered Allie growing up as a kid. There were people who were like, I mean, they were like Jesus is coming. Like, I mean. It's it's coming, and I'm just thinking, oh my word! I was like seven or eight, and I'm like, oh my word! I'm never even going to get to drive a car. I'm never going to get to be 13. Jesus is coming, and then you know we we turn around, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, well, he hasn't come yet. Maybe I'll get to graduate from high school, and you know, but it was this constant focus on, hey, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. You know, and and now I'm sitting here at 56, and I'm like, okay, he still hasn't come yet, and. And I think for all of mm-hmm. us, it's, this is what James yeah. is speaking into. I think these people were the same. Jesus had left and he had ascended. And, and, uh, and James was there <laughs> during that time period because it was his brother, it was his half brother. Yeah. And so James is saying, he said he was coming back. And I know he hasn't come back yet. And I know we're all under persecution and we want to be released from that. But here's the thing. Just be patient because Jesus is coming back. And, and until he does, then let's don't grumble against one another, verse nine, um, so that you're not going to be judged because the judge is standing at the door. Don't, he's coming. Um, you know, be patient Mm -hmm. with one another, suffer hard and well. Uh, And like you said, consider these prophets. And then the last illustration is the one that none of us really, I mean, if you got to go to the guy in the Bible who suffered maybe the most Mm -hmm. outside of Jesus on the cross, Who's your, you know, who's your go-to suffer guy in the Bible? It's Job. I mean, you know, it's the one we all know. It's a whole book written about his suffering. And so, you know, he says, you've heard. Now, but look what he says. He doesn't Mm -hmm. say you've heard of the suffering of Job. He says, you've heard of the steadfastness of Job. Mm -hmm. And you have seen the purpose of the Lord. And how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And so it's ironic to me that when James yeah. is describing Job's story, he doesn't say, yeah, you remember how bad Job suffered. Well, it's gonna, it was awful for him. Well, we can do it because it'll be awful yeah. for us. That's not what he says. He says, remember yeah. how steadfast yeah. Job was, how faithful he was through everything. Remember the purpose of the Lord behind mm-hmm. the scenes and every bit of Job's life and how the Lord was compassionate and merciful to Job. He will also be compassionate and merciful to us. He is coming back. Let's be faithful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that the whole point of our faithfulness is what, and Job's, Job's steadfastness and faithfulness and patience is what revealed to him and to us how grace-filled and merciful and compassionate the Lord is. Mm -hmm. And, and you will see that if you don't see results, you know, in quotes, um, But you will, you will experience the compassionate and merciful nature of God as you're walking and slogging through this, you know, um, and trying, doing your best to be steadfast and patient. Uh, You will see it. And, and that's, but you have to, you have to be still. And that's what I think, again, I think that's tying back into the material, what was taken from Job first was, was all of his material things. And then everything was taken away. So then he was steadfast. And so in our life, it's like, listen, you know, you can be, you'll, you'll miss it. If you're f- surrounded by shiny things, um, mm-hmm. that distract you, shiny, loud things or shiny, loud activities or whatever, mm-hmm. you're going to miss the opportunity to be steadfast. And you're going to miss that, that opportunity to see the compassionate and merciful nature of, of the Lord.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's so good. You know, um, in, my, in my Bible study on the book of James, um, I told a story of a monk. And I just think this is so good to kind of repeat here. Um, and this monk said he struggled with patience. And so he felt that in order to become more patient, he would move to an isolated island. And he would fix this flaw in his character. So he built, he, the, the story goes that he built himself a home deep in the woods. And for seven years, he never saw another human being. And the purpose was that he was going to work on his patience. But one day this traveler is wandering into the woods and he met the monk. And the traveler was completely blown away that somebody lived deep and so far from civilization. And the monk shared a story with his traveler and he told him he was there to learn patience. And I love this. The traveler looks at him and he says, if there's no one around to bother you, how will you know when you're patient? Mm. And the monk says, get away from me. Yeah. I have no time for you. <laughs> it's, like, you, know, yeah. you know, it's like this monk yeah. moves away to, to learn patience, but he isolates himself. And so therefore he's not learning patience. Uh, he's becoming more impatient with people. And so I think, yeah. you know, for, I think we can relate sometimes to that monk. Sometimes it seems the harder I try to be patient, the bigger mess I can make of things at times. And, you know, the Lord can only, is the only one who can do this work in my heart to make me content, to make me patient, to make, to work his long suffering in my life mm-hmm. and to help me to be steady and steadfast in in good times and bad and to believe in the promises that God gave in scripture, even though I can't maybe see them sprouting up all over my life right now, but I can I can say, you know what? God is faithful, mm-hmm. God has promised and God will come through. And then always keeping in mind, he's returning. And so, this is not going to last forever. And so, yeah. I need to make my life count in, in whatever way I, I need to do that. So, man, yeah, again, whew, hard words today from James, and yet so such good truths and reminders for all of us.
1: Yeah, and I think again, he's he's just telling us, um, reminding us, don't be distracted, but just set your set your affection on things above,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and don't get distracted. And I think that's one of the things that we need to continue to be in the steadfastness. The word steadfast patience, that that requires being rooted deep.
0: Mm -hmm. It really does. Absolutely. It so does. Yeah. So, So. you know, as we as we move forward today, now we're going to come back next time and we're going to look at the end of chapter five. And it's going to bring us to the end of the book of James. And James is going to end with a prayer of faith. But I think for today, as we conclude this podcast, I think we should just all ask ourselves some very serious questions about our own life. And, and let's not just turn the podcast off and say, oh, that was a tough one. But let, let's just ask ourselves the question, hey, do I find myself being caught up in, in investing my life, my time, my efforts, and all of my energy into things that have no eternal value in light of the coming of the Lord? Where should I be placing my energies? Um, do I find myself frustrated and and irritated and, and, and struggling through different things? And in the light of the coming of the Lord, can I ask God to give me patience and trust him to bring forth that fruit that I just can't quite see right now? Um, and all of these things, I think, are great reminders for us today. Um, just to stop, pause, ask ourselves tough questions before we're ready to move on. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. We hope that God will continue to work in your life in these areas. Thank you for
1: listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at
0: mercyjewelry.org.